Hello and welcome to Brockley News Extra, the programme where you get another chance to catch up on our recent interviews and updates from in and around the hospital. I'm Ron Laver and in today's programme we'll be hearing extended highlights of the recent visit of His Royal Highness Prince Andrew, the Duke of York, along with his daughter Her Royal Highness Princess Eugenie, with her husband Jack Brooksbank to formally open the new Stanmore building here at the RNOH. On the day of the opening, Radio Broccoli ran a three-hour live outside broadcast covering all the events. So let's go over now to our host in the studio, David Rouch. And a very good morning from me, David Rouch. Welcome to Radio Broccoli's coverage of the opening of the Stanmore Building. We'll be having all the formalities and the openings between now and one. So I hope you'll stay with me. But now let's cross over to the Stanmore Building and to our guy on the spot it's Keith hello Keith good morning I'm very um, privileged to be here once again uh, a fantastic occasion for the RNOH um, the first opening of a brand new building at the Stanmore site of any size I should say uh, for over 35 years uh, the last uh, big building that was opened here was the uh, spinal cord injury center in about 1983-1984 so today is a monumental day for the RNOH the new Stanmore building is going to be opened um, we have dignitaries uh, coming very shortly they'll also be touring the building as far as I understand and um, a big day of celebration for the RNOH generally sounds like it's going to be an interesting few hours it does indeed and um, obviously if you are one of the patients here in the Stanmore building today uh, or anywhere else on any of the other wards or if you remember a staff listening to this we will be bringing you the opening speeches and some very interesting interviews. Well Radio Broccoli has been following the progress of the build of the Stanmore building over the last few years and here's a little reminder of how it's gone. The fight is on to save the uh, orthopaedic hospital from closure. I mean, we have to ask the question, is it the beginning of the end? I believe that we can still put up a very good fight, uh, provided that we get strong support from the staff and from the public and from the patients. I would like to know why it's taken so long to get the walkway built, as um, I couldn't quite believe my eyes when I started here last year and people had been trundled through the rain and the snow to the theatre. Well, I, I think it, it really demonstrates the, the, the need for a new hospital, in a way. On the 16th of December, the uh, planning committee confirmed their approval to the Earthland planning application. It's the first time in 25 years that we've had this approval. It's a milestone event for the organisation. Our problem here is that everything for years and years and years has been looked at in the context of whether the new building's coming, and it's still has some element, modest element of uncertainty. 2018, the year when our new facilities at RNOH will finally be opening, um, here's to the future of the RNOH. I can see several layers of concrete, lots of steel safety barriers. They're just about to start pouring the fourth floor and in about a month's time they'll pour the fifth floor which is the roof and then the concrete will be finished. We're about four months away from it opening and um, now the back of the building is virtually finished from the outside from what I can tell and I'm standing in what's going to be the garden for the new children's ward here at the RNOH. I think we will continue to grow. This is a great organisation and I think we should all be proud of what we've achieved when people even said two and a half years ago it would never happen. Pleased to say the royal dignitaries have arrived. They came into the building a few minutes ago, swept through the reception foyer area where we are sat, and have gone on straight onto a tour of the building. So I understand they are visiting London Irish Ward and also Coxon Ward, the children's ward. Um, just to put you in the picture, we, we, we are sat in the reception of the Stanmore building, uh, behind the reception desk. So if you've ever entered the building, uh, you will probably go to reception first. We are snuggled behind there. Uh, as you can probably hear from the uh, noise around me, there's lots and lots of special guests invited to today that are actually gathered here, including obviously the, uh, the board of the hospital and the RNOH charity. And on the galleries above, in the, uh, the, the balconies looking over the, uh, the atrium here, 
There's lots of members of staff uh, who are actually gathered, and I can actually see at the moment His Royal Highness uh, Prince Andrew talking to Tony Goldstone, Chairman of the RNOH, and Princess Eugenie is uh, standing to the left of, of our Chairman. And uh, everybody down in the, uh, the atrium here is in great anticipation of the Royal Guests coming down after their tour to actually uh, meet a few of them, and then the official speeches will take place. The Royal Party have now moved on into the Coxham Ward, which is of course the children's ward. I understand they're going to be meeting Pepper the Robot, uh, which apparently is a gender-neutral robot that's there to uh, entertain and communicate with the children. I'm looking up at the tribes which are hanging from the ceiling of the building. Now the tribes are basically caricatures of the people that work or volunteer here over the years and there's about 50 of them hanging from the ceiling above me they look like little strings of sherbet that you used to get when you were a little child and they're hanging above and they were just taking the ball party were taking a particular interest in the tribes and the profiles of the people that are there and also uh, Princess Eugenie has uh, through one of her contacts loaned the hospital some very nice artwork which is in the actual communal areas of each ward so they're the pieces of the building that overlook the atrium where you can go outside you can sit with your family if you can um, or just basically get off the ward for a few minutes and there's some lovely pieces of artwork on the walls of all of those areas in the Stanmore building so they're looking at that at the moment and obviously going to be meeting some patients as well. Well, I'm joined in the studio now by Sarah Ryan. Hi, Sarah. Hello. Welcome to Radio Broccoli. Now, you've just come over from the uh, Stanmore building. Tell us what it's like over there. It is so exciting. Yes, I'm fresh over from... I had to leave just before, you know, the really important people arrived. Um, but actually, I have to say thank you so much for including me in today and allowing me to come along and be a part of it. You know, When you see what you guys, Radio Broccoli, are doing today, you can really see why you're an award-winning hospital radio show because everybody has just got their part and is doing it so well. I think it's wonderful that we're able to cover it for, for all of the patients listening as well. Okay. Now, your day job is you work for SCAT. That's right. Well, so tell it's us the, about that. Yeah, it's the Skeletal Cancer Action Trust, which is one of the um, charities based here at the hospital. And we uh, fundraise um, for research and, and, and to, to improve care, um, raise awareness for people with bone cancer. And it's a small, very small uh, charity, uh, just me. Um, but we've... Um, We've got some wonderful people on our board, uh, all of the surgeons, uh, clinical nurse specialists, patients, uh, people who do all the amazing prosthetics. Um, so it's, it's a great charity. I, I love working there. So it's a one-woman band. A one-woman band, that's well, it. So I do from everything. From an employee point of view, but obviously the, uh, the results of what you do are seen throughout the hospital and indeed the world, I guess. Yeah, that's it. I mean, our trustees are um, really have been pioneers in, in, in the surgery that we do. Um, we're seen as a, a centre of excellence here at the RNOH. So it's, it's a fantastic uh, charity doing amazing things. As I say, the research that we do, um, we've talked on this programme before about the sort of research that we do here and it's not only done here and to benefit this hospital, you know, it goes wider than that with things like the Genome Project, we're looking at cells. Um, but also what we do is try and improve care for patients and we're really lucky to be involved today because actually our charity um, has put money into the new build so it's really important, it's a really big day for us as well. The, I always say with this hospital and everybody will say it, that it's got such a charm, even in the old relic buildings that we've had up until this point, there's a real charm about this hospital. But I think today, really, we've got our bit of sophistication because the hospital is absolutely wonderful. It's, it's just a beautiful bit of architecture. The wards are amazing. Our patients who have been on the wards, you know, we sort of have had patients in there since um, late December. They love it. It's it's just a really well-designed, well-built, really great hospital. So it, it's it's wonderful to be a part of it. You say that SCAT contributed to the building. We put money in towards um, some of the patient rooms. Um, and also we uh, 
fundraise through the Ellis Harriet Clark Foundation. Ellis was a patient of one of the surgeons, Mr Pollock, um, and a very good friend of mine. And we, we sadly lost Ellis um, just after her 16th birthday. So she, her family have fundraised with SCAT tirelessly and raised huge amounts of money um, for the hospital and, and for research. But their, their contribution has actually gone towards um, the children's area in the Coxon um, ward. So that's wonderful. And we're going to be bringing Ellis's family in for a tour of the hospital to have a good look round and see, you know, what their money's gone towards because it, it's incredible. And that's another thing. Whilst I was sitting there today looking around at this wonderful hospital and looking around, as Keith said, at the, the artwork that's there, you know, Ellis was 16, so she will forever be 16 for us. And I couldn't help but think and looking around at how swish and, as I say, sophisticated the hospital was and think Ellis would love this. I think we can now go back to Keith. You can indeed. Welcome back to the atrium here at the uh, Stanmore building at the RNOH with everybody gathered waiting in expectation for the official opening speeches which will be uh, bringing you live later on. I'm very honoured to have one of the guests that has been invited here today for the opening, a lady whose name might sound very familiar to quite a few people here because her name is Margaret Hart and she is the lady who used to have a ward named after her here and I'm very pleased she's uh, given us a couple of minutes to, to speak to us. Good morning, Margaret. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. Very honoured to be here. Well, it's lovely to see you. Now, what uh, brought about a ward being named after you here? I really don't know. I worked here for 20-odd years, as a lot of other people did, as, as a ward sister. I loved my ward. It was my life. And um, when I retired, they said, ask me if I minded. And I was very honoured, actually, because I really didn't do anything special. <laughs> well, I think you must have done if, if you captured the hearts that night. So what, what years did you actually work here? Um, 19... When did you retire? <laughs> A long time ago. OK. I had to take early retirement. Right. Um, so I've been retired about 20 years now. Right. Um, and my back went. Ah. And RNOH fixed it for me, yep. but on the condition I didn't work right. at nursing. <laughs> I see. And reluctantly I gave up, but I loved it. My time here was very, very special. Yeah. It is a special hospital, isn't it? It is. It's, the atmosphere has always been so special here. It's quite different. I've nursed all my life and in various hospitals, and there's never anywhere quite like here. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any funny anecdotes, things you can remember of things that might we have happened? We had great fun at Christmas. Yes, we had a lot of fun on the ward at Christmas with carving the turkey and consultants coming around and the patients would have a lovely time at Christmas. And, and it was nice because if the wife was in and the husband was home alone, he could come for Christmas lunch and things like that that you don't normally get in hospitals. And it was just lovely, really. Yeah. Lovely. That's what, it was those are the uh, days when the surgeons used to come in and carve oh, the turkey. Turkey, yes, yes. Brilliant. Yeah. I don't think it quite happens like that anymore, no, I'm afraid. No, it doesn't. No, no, it doesn't do that. But it was very special. And, you know, it was... You enjoyed being on working on Christmas Day, yeah. you know, because it was fun. And we all had a lovely time, patients included. Yeah. Um, and it was lovely. Mm. Brilliant. Well, Margaret, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you very much for sparing a couple of minutes to speak to me. I know you were a little bit anxious at first, and, but, you, you know, it's, it's been lovely. I've never met you before, and I've been involved here for 50 years yes, or so in yes, one form yes. or another. So it's lovely to actually meet the lady behind the name. So thank you very much and enjoy your day. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. There we are. That was Margaret Hart. Thank you very much, Keith. A lovely, lovely lady. I think I remember uh, meeting her when she was still working here many, many moons ago but charming and still very, very nice. Let's have another one of the interviews we did. This time, uh, my colleague Caroline Keating had a chat with Richard Scott. Richard, you've been the NHS Construction Project Manager for the new redevelopment since 2016. In your opinion, is the Stanmore building £40 million well spent? The buildings that become the figurehead of the hospital, so people come in and they go for the new building, they see the new building, and it symbolises the brand new hospital that's going to be here in 10 years' time. So in that regard, it's well spent. And how many people were in your team? The NHS team here uh, consists of about two of us, uh, but the building on the construction site, 
they picked about 300 people. Uh, overall, there was something in the order of 750 different workers on site. And what was the major function of you and your team? Uh, I was in charge of the, the building contract, design, the installation, the construction, everything to do with Balfour Beatty. Uh, I was the what's called the trust's agent in the contract, so I was responsible for everything that happened on that building site. So you were in there checking up on things all the time? All the time, we're checking things up. Uh, but half the, work, half the work I do is really paperwork, because you have to get involved with the contracts, design, secure by design, with the Met Police walk around, and, and then you have various environmental standards. A BRIAM you have to keep to. Uh, that, so about half my work's paperwork, checking, the, doing these things in the background that most people r don't even realise we have to do. OK, so what was the biggest hurdle that you and your team had to overcome in this project? The biggest hurdle? Grand's almighty. It's, it's more like the Grand National with 26 <laughs> jumps rather than well, one single... Well, maybe there was more than one hurdle. <laughs> there was, yeah, there were 26 <laughs> hurdles. Um, the Beaches Brook, as it were. The hardest thing is not annoying the hospital. So we made great pains that everything we did, there was no noise, no vibration. We weren't a nuisance to the rest of the hospital. And as you probably realise, we were only 20 yards away from the operating theatres. Mm. And so we had to be very careful what we did near them. And in the whole of the two and a half years, uh, I only received one phone call to say it was noisy. So we were pleased that we weren't a nuisance to the rest of the hospital. That was a good job done. OK, fantastic. And you've over 30 years' experience yourself um, uh, in the Over 40. Over 40 years. I'm an old man corrected. now, I'm afraid. I'm nearly as old as Keith. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Keith, our engineer, won't like that. <laughs> um, so, but you have th over 40 years' experience yeah. in the construction industry, and you've worked both here and abroad yes. in both private and public sectors. Yes. So you must have worked on many great projects over the years. Interesting projects, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, how does the Stanmore building compare to some of those projects? Uh, it was a learning curve for me because it's the first NHS job I've worked on. And I quickly had to learn the NHS rules on construction. Um, so it was interesting learning the new rules, as it were, for me, uh, which are not like the rules when you're doing banks or military defence bits and pieces. So it's a new set of rules and it was a learning curve. Are that those, made it interesting. Are those rules to do with the medical side of things or the construction side? Or a bit of uh, both. It's the medical side has a... Uh, they decide what the medics want and then it has implications on the construction process and the government produce a book of rules which you have to abide by. So you must have a now today a lovely sense of satisfaction because your project that you've worked so hard on mm. is up and running and in proper function today. So what's your next or your current project going to be? The new ward block, or they're now called the Stanmore Building. Uh, we finished on programme and within budget, so we're pleased with that. And we're now moving on to the next buildings, uh, which are a multi-storey car park. Uh, a, the P&O have got to move from the west side of this estate down to the middle, so we have to uh, create a building for them, which is going to be done in about next year. Uh, we've got two new uh, staff quarters to put up um, so these are all beginning to roll now and we've got the enabling works for those so they're all going to be on site towards the end of the year so we're getting our heads around those now. and when are they due to be finished uh, around about Easter 21 okay so going by what happened at Stanmore they should be finished on time and in budget if you say so <laughs> but you said you've you had a steep learning curve we did yeah so you're going to take all of that your learning into the new project Absolutely. I know the NHS rules and the hospital rules now. I know the people here better. So I can, where I had to go through various committees to get something done, I now know who to approach straight away and get it done quicker. OK, so it will be a streamlined process. It will be. And you've got, you've got all this learning that you've taken in. Mm, absolutely. Okay. Well, Richard Scott, NHS Construction Project Manager for the Redevelopment Team at Stanmore, from the staff, patients at the Royal National Orthopaedic Hospital, thank you for your hard work. Thank you for talking to us again today and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, thank you and thank you for inviting me to have this conversation with you. Many thanks to Caroline and to Richard. Right, Keith, what's happening? There's an air of expectation and a slight hush has formed now in the atrium here at the Stanmore building. I think we're waiting 
for the royal guests uh, to come back from their tours of the wards. Of course, just to remind you, we have uh, Her Royal Highness Princess Eugenie, who of course was treated here uh, when she was a child for scoliosis, as was I. Um, also her husband, uh, Jack Brooksbank, is here, and also uh, His Royal Highness the Duke of York, Prince Andrew, uh, they're all here uh, having a tour of the building seeing some of the exciting things that this building brings to patient care and patient accommodation here at the RNOH. So it's a fantastic day for us. Christine, you've been the uh, Clinical Commissioning Manager since September 2017. In other words, you arrived in post just at the start of all the building upheaval. How difficult has it been for you to get where we are today? Um... I think there have been some difficulties. Uh, when you come into a project like this and you don't come in right at the very beginning, you know, years and years ago when the planning started, um, then it's quite difficult to pick up and, and run with what's happening. Um, you sort of missed out a lot, really. So it has been challenging in some areas to try and sort of catch up and find out exactly what's been going on and what I need to do and what's been done and what hasn't been done, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, that's been the main challenge I think but I think I've managed to do it I've managed to um, uh, identify clearly uh, through my manager exactly what I needed to do uh, and then set about doing it really. So tell us a bit about your role what has been your role in the building? Yeah so what I've been doing um, is essentially engaging the staff uh, and making sure things like ward operational policies and building user guides are written uh, and in place. But of course, although I write them, I'm guided by the managers. They're the actual authors as such. So uh, we have templates and then I've made sure that everyone in the hospital has had their say in the policy to make sure that we get it absolutely right. They are a new style of policy. We don't have any of the, those types of policies in the trust. Um, so this is all new. Yeah, writing the building user guide um, was uh, really quite good because with it being a brand new building, we've got brand new systems, we've got up-to-date, very modern systems in there, then there was a lot of learning for me as well. So, um, so that's my main um, job was to write those. The other half of my role was in engaging the staff. So I went out um, to the staff, because I've been here a long time, as, as you know, mm -hmm. so I went out to different staff groups, wards, departments and everything and made myself available to do presentations and updates in all areas, as well as the open forums that we have um, and audit days and things like that. And I've, I've been able to reach 60 or 70 departments and, and wards and what have you to inform them of what's going on, to try and engage them and say... We're building this building, but it's actually yours. You're the people who need to be in it. Well, that brings me very nicely to the next question I was going to ask you, which is about your team. Is there anyone in your team you think deserves a special mention or has made a significant contribution? Yeah, I think there is. I think the office manager, um, Kaz, has been great because she has looked after me she looks she's looked after everybody else in the team um, at every level and she does it really really well you know nothing's ever too much work for her um, and she has been a great support for me absolutely so well done Kaz. Okay well can you tell us a little bit about your own journey from nurse to clinical commission manager? It's quite a long journey that one you know I've been here since March 1986 um, and I started here uh, working um, on Duke of Gloucester Ward when it was in the old uh, part of the hospital and I also did the orthopaedic course for the first year. And since then I've worked on lots of different wards and departments including the private patients unit. Um, I've been the manual handling advisor, I've been a, a student uh, placement facilitator, arthroplasty practitioner, so I've looked after patients and staff all the way along. So. To do this job now has been absolutely fantastic. A bit the icing on the cake. Okay. Well, you're actually being quite modest because I happen to know because I interviewed you <laughs> uh, that you've recently won an accolade um, this year. So tell us what you won that for. Yeah. Now this is the first award I've um, ever won at this hospital, and it was achieving excellence. So um, I was immensely proud, um, as was my mother. <laughs> Um, and um, yeah it's a great thing to to win um, you never really realize what your colleagues and people around the trust 
think about you until you win something like this and you read the sort of citations that they've written about you and it's really quite humbling it was it was just wonderful it really was I'm delighted and also realized that um, people love you all around the place but we never actually tell each other very often do we maybe we should oh well so you're actually quite at the top of your game at the moment and now you've got the new Stanmore building just open so how are you going to top that what's your next step uh, I wouldn't ever describe myself being the top of the game because if you're at the top of the game you've probably got nothing else to to do um, so life is a challenge every day I learn something even now um, so my next move is a major move so I intend to retire in March 2020 um, and I'm moving up north probably towards sort of Doncaster area I come from Lincolnshire and my mum's still up there um, and but she's sort of um, advancing in years so I want to go up there look after her make sure she's okay uh, and and reinvent myself I think that's the way I sort of describe it I want to reinvent myself I've just turned 60 so I'm I'm not that old and I think there's a lot more I can offer you maybe even get involved with hospital radio you never know <laughs> <laughs> you never know uh, I do act um, already I've been doing a lot of acting in London um, and which I started purposely so I'd have you know sort of another string to my bow if you like so when I go up there maybe I'll join an amateur dramatics group or something like that but whatever I, I intend to reinvent myself I'm not just going to go and retire and sit down and and think about it all for the next 20 years I'm going to get on there and do something new well, Christine Bowes, on behalf of the staff and the patients, we thank you for the hard work that you've put into the giving us the Stanmore project. And um, thank you for speaking to us again today. And I hope you enjoy the rest of the day. Thank you very much. And thank you to everybody who supported me and helped me out there throughout my, uh, well, 39 years of nursing, really. Um, uh, not just here at Stanmore, but um, thank you very much. It's been an absolute honour um, to, to be a nurse and to help people. Thank you. A reminder that you're listening to Broccoli News Extra on Radio Broccoli, London's longest-running hospital radio station. Still to come, we'll have all the speeches in full, as well as reaction from both staff and visitors. Let's go back now to our man on the spot, Keith Reeve. I'm pleased to say our royal guests have now joined us in the atrium here at the Stanmore building. They're just speaking to Tom Nettle, who's the head of HR, and Rosie Stolarski is showing them around with um, uh, one of the senior surgeons. So very shortly they will be making their way to the lectern for the official opening speeches. So there's a muted hush, as you can probably hear, um, that's um, going on here at the moment, which you can actually um, probably taste. I can feel it almost. It's gone very, very quiet and uh, they're actually chatting away quite pleasantly to everybody that uh, that they come into contact with and Rosie is just obviously giving a bit of an outline as to what is actually going on um, in the building and some of the thought that's gone into this building which is a considerable amount um, as a person involved at the hospital in various ways I did attend some of those sessions here at the hospital uh, about uh, eight or nine ten years ago when they were looking at how would you like this building to look what facilities do you think it should have as an ex-patient myself what was important to you what would you like to see that you didn't have those kinds of things and, and a lot of thought and care has gone into what we hope our patients think is a fabulous building and, and befitting to this fine orthopaedic hospital the largest orthopaedic hospital here in the United Kingdom and not only does it do some excellent things in care it also does a fantastic amount of work in research and development so just at the moment we're, we're still behind the reception desk here um, the guests are just away to my right hand side speaking to some of the other invited guests that uh, are accumulated here the lectern where the speeches will be made is across to my left hand side and behind it is a large plaque which at the moment obviously naturally is covered with uh, a lovely uh, curtain to prevent us seeing what it actually says but I'm sure before long we will actually know uh, and I understand after that plaque's unveiled it will be mounted on the wall here in the reception so they're now making their way across in front of me they're about uh, four metres away from me at the moment just being introduced to um, some of the other directors of the hospital here and the board and the gentleman who's in charge of the pharmacy and 
we have some volunteers here who help with the pharmacy, uh, who deliver some of the medication to the wards, to the patients. These people we term drugs runners in a kind of humorous way, uh, but are fantastic, like all of our volunteers here, a fantastic group of people that help with the running of this hospital. They're now making their way across with the chairman, just meeting a couple of members of the old um, friends of R&OH, uh, Alistair Todd and Lola Harris, who's a lovely elderly lady now. She was uh, first involved with the Friends here from the late 60s all the way through to when the Friends closed in 2015. And Alistair Todd was also their chairman um, and also uh, now still volunteers here. He's one of our wonderful buggy drivers. He does the afternoon shift and we call him Fab, the Friday afternoon boy. Now Prince Andrew is now talking to some of the senior nursing staff that are gathered right in front of me here, including Margaret Hart and Christine Bowes, and uh, some of the senior matrons that are here in the hospital uh, working today, and uh, they're all rowed up. They're getting very, very near that podium, so I think shortly we will hear something um, in the way of speeches, but uh, Margaret Hart is now speaking to Prince Andrew with the chairman of the hospital, Tony Goldstone. So you can hear some of the conversation possibly in the background as I, as I uh, crouch down here, trying to be as inconspicuous as I can possibly be and let this gentleman walk behind me who's uh, trying to squeeze through the gap that doesn't really exist. But um, no, it's, it's lovely they're taking the time to speak to people they're, they're, they're in different sort of little huddles of people at the moment, um, speaking about all sorts of different things. Obviously we won't ever know what they discuss, but it's, it's good to have um, that contact. And Christine Bowes, who's done an awful lot of work to commission this building, um, is now speaking to Prince Andrew himself. Uh, Christine's been a nurse here for over 35 years, um, but she's a, a wonderful advocate for the RH. And she's just now meeting Princess Eugenie. And I think Princess Eugenie has just recognised her as one of the nurses that she actually had looking after her when she was a patient here for her scoliosis. Um, back in her youth. So it uh, must be a lovely feeling for Christine to be recognised in that way by, uh, by the princess. <laughs> and uh, obviously some old memories coming back there and some old, uh, old stories being uh, relived. I think everybody's trying to listen to this conversation. I just wish I could get a little bit nearer, but I can't. But uh, it's, it's lovely to, to see that. And she's just introduced Christine to... Uh, uh, Jack, her, her relatively new husband, of course they got married last October. So here we go with only Goldstone, chairman of the RNOH. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for coming. I'd like to firstly uh, welcome His Royal Highness the Duke of York, Her Royal Highness Princess Eugenie of York, and Mr Jack Brookbank. Welcome all. This, this is an auspicious day for the RNOH. It's always an auspicious day for a hospital when they open a new facility and they always tell you it's been a long time in coming. Well, not as long as here it hasn't. <laughs> so we are all delighted that we're now uh, in the new building, which is the first phase of what we will call or hope to achieve a multiple development. We've been talking about a mirror image second phase, which will contain other beds and a new imaging department. We're hoping to develop a new step-down facility. We're hoping to develop further research facilities. We want to reorganize once and for all the very difficult car parking on this site. All those projects are shortly to come. What has been achieved here is the work of very many people. Uh, some of them are in the room. I will mention some, but I don't know the 70 people in the room uh, individually, all of them, and there are hundreds of others on this campus and without who have contributed. I want to, first of all, uh, pay tribute to my CEO colleague, Mr. Hurd, who has been uh, here 12 years and has spent a vast amount of time on this uh, project. And it is uh, a great day for him to see this actually happening. And next to him, uh, Professor Tim Briggs, who spent even longer on this uh, project, and much is down to him that it has now uh, happened. 
We are grateful to all the uh, clinical staff who've been involved in getting us to this point uh, and all the supportive staff in addition. I'm particularly pleased to see uh, Mr. Cannon, a retired surgeon here, and Mr. Bailey. Uh, we were hoping Mr. Morley would be here, but I'm not sure that I've uh, seen him at the moment. They have all contributed to the ethos of what is a remarkable national and international institution. As I was saying uh, to uh, His Royal Highness, this is almost an art gallery uh, that has some patients in it. So we are delighted uh, with the design and we congratulate the architect. We are delighted with the builders, Balfour Beatty, who have built this to a very high standard. We're delighted uh, with the artwork, uh, uh, both on the uh, Ms. Morris, who did the wallpapers, and Mr. Knudsen, who's talked us through uh, with the Royal Party the significance of this uh, tribe, uh, wrong to call it a statue, this tribe structure uh, in the atrium. So it is a remarkable building, and most recently, to thank the princess herself and the people at Hauser and Worth with whom she works for the 21 pictures which you can all see on the, on the various floors of the patient lounges on each floor. So we are, I think this also works incredibly well. We are very pleased to have had the opportunity for you to curate this with your colleagues. It's, it's, all, it's the, uh, the last thing which completes something which is of enormous benefit to the patients and the staff. We truly believe that good artwork in the clinical environment contributes to the well-being, particularly of the patients and their outlook before, in the middle and after what needs to be done for them, and of course, to the welfare of the staff. Uh, working in a building like this after all the years in the rest of the facility is an enormous pleasure for everyone. So I'd like to thank everybody. We have... Mike Thompson, I will finally mention him, has been working on another of our projects, which I hope will shortly uh, come to fruition in relation to the step-down facility. Welcome. He's, he's, his hair's not growing quite as rapidly as mine, but I think with what's happening to that project, he probably will shortly. So welcome, Mike. I'd like to ask His Royal Highness the Duke of York uh, to speak to you now. Are you going to do it first? I think Papa's scared to follow me. I mean, I'm scared to follow him. Wow, it's such an honour to be here and open this. I, I, I feel like I'm, my bones and my blood is part of this building because um, my face is in it and all of you wonderful people are here and the art on the wall from Hauser & Worth is such a special part of my other life <laughs> when I'm not here doing these things. So it's such an honour for me to have that and to also stand here today opening what I heard is the first building with a staircase in it at the RNOH, so it's pretty cool. Um, I had learned from this lovely lady just now that uh, we all share in something with this building because we care, and um, we really care, and so it's very important to us that we're here opening it, and that Jack, as uh, my newly married husband, is here today as a first event to come and see where I had my operation here. I can't remember how long ago now, but... Um, it's such a huge honour, and uh, thank you so much to everyone who's a part of it, and to all the lovely faces, and everyone up there peering over, because it's such a brilliant building, and it's really RNOH ethos, so what a cool thing. And also, I am now the uh, patron of the RNOH charity, so you'll be seeing me a lot more, and Rosie and I will be implementing a lot of cool things in the future, so thank you so much to everyone. I see you shaking your head like, yeah. Um, and, um, and I'll pass to my father now. Thank you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's quite difficult following one's daughter. Um, but I just have a thought that a building like this and the things that are going on inside it are not dissimilar to what happens in a ship. A ship will only work if all the various different people who are in it 
making it work and making it do its output work together as a team. And in a hospital like this, there are so many different elements of activity that need to come together at precisely the right time in the right way in order to get the outcome that you and everybody wants, which is the right outcome for the patients. And the pleasure being able to come here and see this as a new way, a new building, has brought, as it were, that ship element to the fore. Bearing in mind, if you go back to the origins of Stanmore, being a military hospital uh, for the Canadians in the Second World War, and Eugenie having had to stay in a Nissen hut uh, when she came here for her operation. I have to say that when I arrived back, um, I was in Jordan when she had her operation, and I arrived back and drove here for the first time and thought, what have I just arrived in? It was very familiar to me, being in the military, it wasn't quite as familiar to me as it was, um, uh, as it were, as a hospital. But the patient care then, and in that building, and in those buildings, was brilliant. And she's a testament to that. But what you are now in, and what you now have, and what I intend that you get the second half of this as quickly as possible, uh, rather than, did you say it's taken 40 years to get this? It's definitely not going to take 40 years to get the second half, I can assure you of that. But to see everybody working together to produce some absolutely outstanding clinical um, uh, um, outcomes is absolutely brilliant. And I would like to wish you all every success in making this building, as in this ship, work. So thank you all for what you do, but also thank you to the people who have, as it were, battled, built, architect, drawn over the last 40 years to get to where we are today. This is an outstanding addition to the world of the NHS. I do hope that we will be in a position to be able to get on with the second phase of this as quickly as possible. So congratulations to everybody, and thank you to everybody. And all that is left is the normal duties for a member of the royal family. In fact, on this occasion, three members of the royal family to try and argue over who's going to pull the cord. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Your Royal Highnesses. I want to give final thanks for today to the charity led by Brian Carlin and all the work it's done, particularly for, for the top floor and the support of the artwork, and to Rosie, who has done so much to make uh, today work very well. Thank you very much. I have prayed for this day in the Faith Centre for many years and I now have the privilege of dedicating this hospital. Almighty God, we thank you that you have called your people to share in the work of your creation. We thank you for all who share the vision of this new Stanmore Hospital. We give thanks for energy and enthusiasm, skills and experience and we give you thanks for all who, by their work in many ways, brought this project to a successful conclusion. Lord God, we ask your blessing on this beautiful new building. 
We pray that all patients who come here may find a place of healing, of compassion, of peace, and of hope. And we pray that all who work here may give themselves in love. And may they know themselves to be sustained and renewed day by day by that love which you have made known to us in and through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. In the name of God and to his glory we dedicate this new Stanmore building. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There we are, the uh, chairman, Professor Tony Goldstone, Princess Eugenie, Prince Andrew, the Duke of York, and finally, the Right Reverend Wendy Booker, who's the hospital chaplain, doing the prayer at the end. Keith. I'm, I'm here. <laughs> right. Um, I know you've got a few things you want to say, but please, can you read us the plaque at some point? The plaque actually says, The Stanmore Building opened by His Royal Highness the Duke of York KG and Her Royal Highness Princess Eugenie of York 21st of March 2019 and there are obviously the logos on there of the new RNOH charity logo and also um, the RNOH NHS charity um, NHS hospital logo of course that's all up there. Um, the Royal Dignitaries have now left us uh, they've got into their very nice uh, British Racing Green Bentley and departed with their motorcycle escort off-site. So they've now left, and as you can hear, the conversations are now uh, starting up again, or have started up again, in the foyer here in the Stanmore building. Uh, the photographs have all been taken, and now it's just a question of people, I would imagine, finding time to eat all this lovely food and all these lovely cakes that have been assembled for them. Yes, we won't be hearing from you anytime soon. Well, no, I, I'll stick to my I'll stick to my task in hand and see if we can uh, we can gather a couple more people um, if if possible. Anyway, I'm pleased to say I've been joined by Reverend Wendy Brooker, who's the RNOH chaplain, who you heard just give the uh, the blessing to the building there during the speeches a few minutes ago. Wendy, a massive day for the RNOH. What does it mean to you? It's a fulfilment of my prayers for this place um, over 20 years. When I first came, I thought, I'd like to stay here until they get the new hospital. Little did I know it would take 20 years. But I've managed it. I've managed to stay to this part. And now, I'm getting quite old now, so I, I will retire joyfully knowing that they have this beautiful new hospital, which has taken so long. And I'm so pleased to be part of it. It's lovely to have you here as always an important part of the hospital so 20 years ago you've been the, uh, since you've been the, you started to be the chaplain here at the RNOH just on June the 1st this year 20 years that's quite an anniversary well thank you Wendy for that and thank you for your lovely words earlier and please uh, don't give up on us just yet keep going I'll do my best Thank you. There we are. That's the Reverend Wendy Brooker, who's the uh, chaplain here at the RNOH. So we're going to see if we can identify one or two other people to have a chat to. But we'll come back to you now, David. And I believe we can go back to the Stanmore building. And this time, instead of Keith, we have Sarah. Hi, Sarah. You've gone over there from here. I have. I've, I've run over very quickly to grab this important man who got a mention um, from, from Anthony Goldstone at the beginning there. So... Um, Steve, or should I say Mr. Cannon, you, um, Anthony mentioned in his speech about it taking quite a while to get to this point, and you have a lovely little anecdote about this. I, I've got a, a number of anecdotes, but the, the, the one I always like to recall is uh, when I was a very young man and I came to, uh, to the North West Thames uh, building to have my interview uh, for a consultant post here at the RNOH, which I was very, very fortunate to get. The year was uh, uh, Christmas 1987, uh, and uh, on the board interviewing me were a number of uh, dignitaries in the London medical world, including a number of members of staff of the RNOH. And uh, as any young man, uh, I was very keen to know more about where I was going if I got the job. And I said, uh, looking around, uh, having looked around Stanmore at that stage, 
uh, and looking at its rather neglected appearance, uh, I said, well, I believe we're going to have a new hospital. And they all smiled and said very forcefully in Christmas 1987, oh, yes, you'll have a new hospital in three years. And, of course, that didn't materialise. Uh, but uh, uh, my colleagues and myself, and particularly my good friend Tim Briggs, uh, worked extremely hard to keep things moving, and eventually the wheels turned slowly, and here we are in this wonderful building today, uh, which uh, I must say is extremely impressive, and the wards are extremely impressive and very different to the old-style uh, Nightingale wards in Nissen huts that we are so used to. So it's a great achievement by everybody concerned, uh, and uh, I'm delighted to uh, be here today. Thank you. Well, thank you very much, and I think this uh, poses a big opportunity for the hospital, and thank you for everything you've done to get us to this point. I'm absolutely delighted. Thank you, Sarah, and uh, uh, please continue to give both to the RNOH charity and to those of you who are like-minded to the Skeletal Cancer Trust, uh, which is obviously worked very hard to try and get a new environment for its patients and will continue to try and thrive on your behalf. Thank you very much. Keith, who have you got there? Well, I've got Christine Bowes, who uh, was delighted to meet uh, Princess Eugenie because I think there's a bit of a story there, Christine. Yeah, there is. It's been a secret for so many years, but um, I guess the secret's out now. But I nursed her when she was in hospital um, and uh, you can't sort of tell people because it, you know it's there's a professional code but because now it's sort of been divulged and everybody knows and there's photographs and what have you I guess the secret's out so but yeah it was an honor and a pleasure and a privilege uh, like nursing anybody is but it was really really nice to nurse her. It was a lovely moment because I was actually standing behind you about uh, two meters away and I couldn't really clearly hear what was going on but I gathered from the expressions that she suddenly had that realization that here is one of the nursing staff that looked after you after me rather when I was in this hospital that's that's basically what happened isn't it yeah it is um I think she sort of looked at me and it was it was her father Prince Andrew who sort of said oh huge look there's one of your nurses and um um and and that's when when she sort of bent down and gave me a big hug and said oh wow you know and it was just absolutely it was a wonderful moment I'm I'm so chuffed uh, it's been a brilliant year uh, for lots of different things happening with me and this is just the cream on the cake thank brilliant. you very much well, thank you, Christine, for all you've done here at the RNOH. And uh, talking of cakes, go and enjoy a cake if you haven't already, and well done. No, I haven't, and I'm going to have one right now. Thank you very much. And we're going to rejoin Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hello, I'm here with Professor Tim Briggs, who has been absolutely instrumental in getting us to this point today. I think it's been a big achievement for the hospital, but also for you personally. So how are you feeling about today? I think it's a testament today to many people who've gone before me actually as well as the current team to be resilient and stand by the ethos of what the RNOH is all about and whenever we fought the fight for a new hospital the key to our success was always the clinical outcomes and excellence that's here and so by continually delivering that sort of outcome in buildings really which weren't great enabled us to win the argument if you like and today seeing the building as it is and and the feedback from patients is just fantastic, really. And what opportunities do you think it presents for us as a, as a hospital? I think in terms of where we are now, we're the safest we've ever been in terms of how we're perceived in the centre by the NHS. We've got phase two, which is a step-down rehab unit, which is going to start in June of this year, which is going to be about 70 beds and a parent's accommodation. And that's going to happen. And then we need to build an, the mirror image of this building on the other side of the road. And I think given where we are now within the NHS, there is now a complete sea change for hospitals like this are fantastic in terms of the outcomes and actually represent good value. And as people, some people know, I'm one of the sarcoma surgeons here. And with the charities that we have, the hospital charity and the charity called SCAT, which is the, the sarcoma charity, I think it, the future is looking very bright and it's, a, it's always been a privilege to work here to be honest. And many thanks to Sarah talking to Professor Tim Briggs on the senior consultants here at the hospital. We're going to have a final word with Keith. 
Just like to say a big thank you to Sarah, who's been with us from SCAT this morning. Thank you very much for having me. It was great to have an opportunity to come and be involved in this and the excitement of today and the real positive messages for the future going forward. For me, the best part of today was listening on the radio, the reaction of, of the princess recognising her, her nurse. Just before we, we do let you go finally, um, you're doing some special programmes for us at Radio Broccoli and they're not too distant. Could you just give us a little bit of a taste of what that's all about, please? Yeah, so we're going, we've been given the opportunity, which is wonderful. I, I love how this hospital does a lot about working together and, and this is a really op a good opportunity for, for SCAT to work with Radio Broccoli. And we're going to be hearing from patients about their experiences here. We're going to be hearing from um, Billy Clark Shorten, who is uh, a good friend of mine and and the reason I came to, to be involved in this charity and talking about her magnificent fundraising efforts. We're hearing from physios about the exciting rehabilitation programme we've got going forward and SCAT's putting money into that. We've got uh, uh, interviews with the surgeons who just do the most incredible things. I think one of your ladies upstairs, uh, one of the patients, dedicated one of the songs earlier in this programme, How Great Thou Art, and that is how they feel about their surgeons. So it's going to be wonderful to hear from them. Uh, it's going to be great. We've got a whole... I'm really fired up and excited. I can't wait. Thank you very much for all the work that SCAT has and does still do here at the RNRH. Keep it up. We'll keep touch with you over the next months, years, to see what's going yeah. on. Keep us in the loop. It's very exciting times ahead. It is indeed. Thank you. There we are. That's Sarah Wright from the Skeletal Cancer Action Trust. So we are going to wrap up the proceedings here. Um, before we go, can I just say a very quick thank you to all the Radio Brockley team that have been involved here because we're all volunteers. Um, in no particular order, we've had Ron Labour, who's been sitting next to me this morning, largely unheard, freezing cold, same as I am in the atrium, because it is rather draughty when we sat here for a few hours. Very big thanks to Caroline, to David, and also to Alan back in the studio for gathering all the requests, holding the whole programme together and making it sound half decent, hopefully. Um, so thank you all, and I hope that you all thoroughly enjoyed uh, the morning, and thank you for listening if you've enjoyed it. Wow, it's such an honour to be here and open this. I, I, I feel like I'm my bones and my blood is part of this building because um, my face is in it and all of you wonderful people are here and the art on the wall from Hauser & Worth is such a special part of my other life. It's such an honour for me to have that and that Jack, as uh, my newly married husband, is here today as a first event to come and see where I had my operation here. I can't remember how long ago now, but... Um, it's such a huge honour and uh, thank you so much to everyone who's a part of it and to all the lovely faces and everyone up there peering over because it's such a brilliant building and it's really RNOH ethos so what a cool thing and also I am now the uh, patron of the RNOH charity so you'll be seeing me a lot more and Rosie and I will be implementing a lot of cool things in the future. And the pleasure of being able to come here and see this as a new way a new building bearing in mind usually having had to stay in a Nissen hut but the patient care then and in those buildings was brilliant and she's a testament to that but what you are now in and what you now have to see everybody working together to produce some absolutely outstanding clinical outcomes is absolutely brilliant. And I would like to wish you all every success in making this building work. This is an outstanding addition to the world of the NHS. So congratulations to everybody and thank you. My wife Sonia is in uh, hospital here in the London Irish Ward having just had very significant cervical spine surgery done on Tuesday. We've been following the journey of this building for such a long time. It's a memorable few minutes. Um, Prince Andrew gave a splendid speech about the teamwork here and how good outcomes only come from everybody pulling together as we know so well they do here. And so it's a very unexpected and pleasant experience today. And, uh, 
my uh, thanks and uh, praise, as always, for the wonderful team spirit there is here that uh, so helps the very seriously ill patients they have here so often. And yes, Prince Andrew came up with Princess Eugenie, and Eugenie came and got hold of my hand with both her hands and said, how lovely to meet you. She was really charming and a, quite a beautiful girl. I was quite impressed. It was lovely. You've been listening to Radio Brockley's coverage of the opening of the new Stanmore building by their Royal Highnesses Prince Andrew and Princess Eugenie. Don't forget, you can hear different editions of Radio Broccoli News Extra every weekday between 12 noon and 1, plus Monday evenings from 8pm. I'm Ron Laver, and I look forward to being with you again soon.